0: morelikeradio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. (laughs) I said duty.
1: Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink... ALWAYS DRINK! I blame this all on Kevin DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol
0: By Volume, and he only says like three words, he, he's like really shy, he barely talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he, was, he was right there with us, talking a mile a minute. Alcohol By Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol By Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two he's blazed. I oh, bet. Oh, it's awesome.
1: Because it's a beer show.
0: Kevin, some stupid, weird place. Polish last name there. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol
1: by volume. I shove
0: alcohol in my butthole. That's not it. it has
1: nothing to do with butthole.
0: I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like drinking a vitamin, right?
1: So, you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin.
0: Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Drink like a barf,
1: drunkie!
2: Good evening, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It is Tuesday, August twelfth, 2014. This is episode number 78 of Alcohol by Volume. If you want to call in, 862-345-7125, or you can Skype, Alcohol by Volume. If you're listening live, join the chat at morelikeradio.com slash live. And if you're listening via podcast, you can check me out live every tuesday night from 6 to 8 p.m eastern time oh and ray black on crack in the chat there he said hadn't seen an untapped check-in before the show so he was worried there may not be a show no i i did i did check in uh it was uh i don't know a few minutes ago i did i did do my customary untapped check-in i was just a little late with it uh let's see um Well, this is basically the last uh, last week I'm promoting these. Get your alcohol by volume t-shirts. I got six days left to fulfill the order. If I can get a few more orders in, I should actually be golden. So come on, people. I know my sister was supposed to buy two. I don't know what happened to that. Um, I know uh, Punchy was saying once he got some cash, he'd be doing that. So hopefully Punchy will come through uh, in the pinch there they're only $15 with $5 flat rate shipping it's uh, booster.com slash alcohol by volume so help me out with that buy a shirt like i said 6 days left uh, so hopefully hopefully we can hit that uh, hit that threshold to be able to print the shirts i'm warning you tonight i i don't have i don't have shit to talk about tonight i mean it, it's random random crap um, there, I, I am not going to feel any kind of real flow to the show tonight, probably. So just be ready for me to randomly and unpreparedly kind of wing it. Uh, probably going off on completely unrelated tangents about whatever if, um, I don't know if it comes to mind. Uh, oh, hi, hi D. Welcome to the chat, dear. Uh, so I, I'm looking at the chat room for inspiration tonight cause it, it, I, I fucking got nothing tonight. So if I fill time with lists and Reddit threads, that's on you tonight, fuckers. With that said, um, ugh. Robin Williams, ugh. Cracked did a really, really great article um, that they released today, and I, I know Cracked is normally you know the you know the five weirdest Easter eggs you never saw in movies before, and, you know those kind of articles. They actually have some really fucking good writers on their staff. And this was one of those events. And God damn it. I, I, I wish I had gotten the name of, um, of that writer. You know what? I'm going oh, to... Because I want to give, um, give this guy his uh, props. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, David Wong. David Wong of Crack.com wrote this article. It's entitled Robin Williams... And why funny people kill themselves? It is a fantastic article. I think I um, I think I posted it on my Twitter feed. If you follow Cracked on Facebook, you probably saw them posted on there too. Uh, it was a fucking eye opener when it comes to what's behind those happy-go-lucky personas. Yesterday reading the news when I saw it, it initially made me think that if if a guy like Robin Williams with his, you know, funny guy self-defense mechanisms can't defeat those demons of depression, what fucking chance does an unfunny nobody like me have? Now, I I, I was a little bit more melancholic earlier during the day, and I I appreciate the tweets of support to me earlier, so it, it was helpful, it was helpful um but i was I was thinking i don't I don't have the fucking funny to hide behind i mean i know we we have a lot of funny people on this station. I'm not one of them i I am not a comedian, I do not have quick wit and all that but um so i I just have my running in the morning to silence those nagging voices for about an hour each day, and then sometimes the beer depending on you know whether or not you know. My fucking calories will allow for it. I'm still doing that bullshit. Um, but, of course, with the beer, if I overdo it, the voices creep back in progressively louder with each subsequent bottle, which is... Ugh. So, uh, it's hard both ways. Uh, it, regardless, it, it fucking sucks. I mean, it, I I know people were on both sides of the fence on this, but I always thought Robin Williams was, like, a truly genuine talent maybe a bit too drug fueled at times but that that came with the territory of the times that he came up coke in comedy was that was that was just a thing that that wasn't anything weird really when you think about it but it's a damn shame when anybody loved and talented famous or not takes their life so uh, rest in peace robin williams uh Eh, just fucking blows. But now that I've depressed the listeners, all two of you, uh, let's get on to some of the beer talk. I'm stocked up on beer for a while, I think. Stupid me. I, I decided to actually uh, buy a bunch of beer before the live event, and I probably didn't really need to.
1: Um,
2: I picked up the Sam Adams uh, Latitude 48 IPA Deconstructed Pack. I know I've explained it before, but I'll explain it again. Basically, Latitude IPA, they use five different hops in Latitude 48. What they did to deconstruct it, and if you've watched, you know, any kind of culinary show, Top Chef or whatnot, you know, a deconstructed dish is kind of taking all the elements of a dish and just um, doing it in a different way. Um, you know, just kind of basically deconstructing it into its um, individual parts. That's what they did with the, this pack. And they have two bottles of each of the hops. I do not fucking remember what they all are at the moment, but I, I know there's like um, there's like a Zeus. There's a, I want to say there's a mosaic. But so the five hops separated individually into IPAs, and then of course there are two bottles of Latitude Forty Eight IPA there too. I have not dipped into any of those yet. Um, those are ones that I, as beer snobby as it sounds, I really want to be able to pay attention when I'm drinking those so I can kind of learn like, okay, I'm drinking this you know, specific hop. I want to be able to identify what traits I'm getting out of it. I, I may even write it in a baggy notebook, so whatever. Hey, Scrams. Welcome to the chat, sir. Uh so I got that, uh, I picked up a few singles, I got uh, <clears throat> Horny Goat Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter which was surprisingly really really good, I think I actually liked that one better than Terrapin Liquid Bliss, um, it, it, it was somewhere in between uh, Sweet Baby Jesus and uh, Liquid Bliss, uh, the the bitterness was a bit much in ter- compared to Sweet Baby Jesus but the flavor was fucking spot on, it, and I I know I've, I've bashed goat in the past just from some bad experiences I've had with uh, their beers, most notably their milk stout, milk stout, which was just god awful. But this one, this one was actually really good. The goat Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter. I also got a bottle of Magic Hat Number no. Nine, which I can't believe I had never fucking had that before. I mean, that's their flagship beer, and. It's described as a not-quite-pale ale, and it doesn't really have hoppiness to it. There's a you know, hint of apricot flavor. It's, it's actually a really nice just sit-around-and-do-nothing kind of beer. It, there, there's nothing particularly special about it, but it's just a good, basic you know, beer with good flavors. Um, Evil Genius, the Siren White IPA. I actually had that last night. There was so little that was probably the least hoppy IPA i've ever had it, it was more overwhelmed by like the the clove and spices and stuff like that, that you expect in like um a belgian white uh beer so it, pretty decent but i'm glad i just got a single didn't you know not, not a full six pack of that one because it, it didn't jump out at me completely And then a bottle of uh, Dogfish Head Saison du Buff, which I believe is a collab with uh, Stone Brewing. I have not opened that one up yet, but I figured, why the hell not? I keep seeing it, and everybody always talks about it, so might as well get that. Um, I found a bomber of Terrapin & Schmaltz Reunion Ale 2012. The 2013 release was one of my favorites, and the 2012 was rated even higher, so I snatched it up when I saw it on the shelf on Friday. The uh, 2013, I had actually... Uh, given a bottle of that to White-Ass Brent and I gave a bottle to uh, Scrams uh, actually at the live event on Saturday. And I know Brent enjoyed it. Um, I'm hoping Scrams enjoys it. I I think the flavors go really well together. If there was one complaint I had about it is that the cinnamon isn't as pronounced as I would have hoped it would be. But uh, fantastic. And if the Reunion Ale 12 is rated higher, I'm really looking forward to cracking that open at some point. And then, of course, I got a bunch of beers from Scrams after the live event on Saturday, including a bottle of Dogfish Head 120-minute IPA, which I am very, very excited to try. But that will be one of those, uh, I want to pick the right moment to drink it. I don't want anything else fucking with my palate. I just, I want to be able to enjoy it. Uh, Okay, Scrams is drinking an Angry Orchard tonight because he hasn't chilled anything yet. And don't feel bad, Scrams. I, I, I haven't been able to chill any of the, uh... The stuff you gave me yet, either because uh, well, it's fucking I have no room in my fridge right now with all the other shit I bought. Stupid, stupid me. Also, from Mitch and Sherry, I got a bomber of Lift Bridge Barrel Age Silhouette Russian Imperial Stout, which I think I may enjoy on my birthday this year because that's the kind of thing where you drink that bottle and you really probably don't need to drink anything else that night. So, huge thanks to both Scrams, Mitch, and Sherry. I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, I, I, will, I, will, I will drink all of those in good health. And uh, I, ho- I hope you enjoy the, uh, the stuff I got for you, Scrams. I, it may be a little hit or miss, but hopefully it's more hit than miss. Uh, and I'm, I'm not even really going to talk much about the live event. Uh, Just Jake's, though, they had a great selection of beer on tap. Uh, I, I think Hammy even told me that was uh, a big reason he, uh, picked that place just because it, considering the way, uh, the Dragonfly was last year where they had nothing on tap and, um, let's see, the uh, bottled beers were not chilled very well, the, uh, the shots weren't anything special, you know, shit like that, so th- this was amazingly different. They had, uh, 21st Amendment Hell or High Watermelon on tap, Anchor Steam Beer, I had those, uh, Stone IPA, uh... Damn, I know I had a fourth beer, and I can't remember what the fuck it was. Oh, no, wait, that was at uh, Cloverleaf afterwards. Uh, God damn it, I don't remember. Eh, whatever. But, no, really, really good. Um, no, actually, no, wait. I do remember. I, I had two pints of uh, the Heller High Watermelon, then one of the Anchor and one of the Stone IPA. That, that one plus one plus two is four, yes. Uh, and then after the live event, uh, there were a bunch of us. We went... Uh, to the Cloverleaf Tavern in Caldwell, New Jersey. We had dinner and drinks there after the live event. Their craft beer selection was, it blew my fucking mind. Both bottles and draft. I looked on their website. They say uh, 23 beers on tap, 54 bottles, seven cans. They have a banner there stating they're the number one craft beer bar in the Northeast and number three in the nation. So take that as you will. Fantastic food. I was very pleased with it. I had gotten a uh, corned beef sandwich and it was Fucking delicious, because I especially because I didn't have any lunch that day. I also burned the roof of my mouth kind of badly on the delicious crab dip, but I couldn't stop because I was so hungry. Um, I know uh, Hammy's wife also uh, suffered the same ailment with that crab dip. I'm I've been uh, been uh, numbing my mouth up with Ora Gel and shit like that because I was just well it, it, it was it was painful eating today. Uh, let's see. Scrams. If anybody wants me to grab any of these this weekend, let me know and I'll grab whatever you want. Ooh, let's see what we got here. Uh, oh, Pipeworks. Oh, god damn. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I gotta admit, surrounded by friends with machetes sounds very interesting. Uh, oh, goddamn. Grills Belgian uh, golden strong ale with grilled pineapples at it. Oh, Paradisiac Imperial Whitbeer brewed with kiwis and strawberries. Jesus Christ, dude. There's some good sounding shit here. Imperial Hyperdog milk stout with cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and coffee. Dude, Scrams, this is dangerous showing me a list like this. Uh, Brown and stirred Manhattan-inspired strong ale brewed with cherries and bitters. Holy shit, dude. Um... Quingston's Kitty Catina, cat- a Meowgarita-inspired pale ale, <laughs> Jesus Christ, brewed with the Gauvin actress, smoked wheat, uh, lime, orange zest, and salt. See, when I saw salt initially, I was thinking it might have been a uh, ghost, but nope. Um, God damn. Jesus Christ, dude. Okay, this, this list goes on for fucking ever. I'm, I'm bookmarking this and getting back to it later. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep talking about this all damn show. Wow, dude. Beer list fucking kill me man um so I look down to about the 440 batch yeah let me see here uh da, da, da. yeah cause uh, yeah cause a lot, a lot of it you know, like uh, up until like down below 440 I'm seeing like you know, double IPAs and stuff like oh some more money some more problems I will brewed with graham crackers cacao nibs vanilla natural flavor Jesus Christ um, I, I, I'm, I, why am I still skipping through here? God damn it. There's just too much good looking shit here. Uh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm looking at this later. I got it bookmarked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Kitty wants the Queenston's Kitty Catina Ameowgarita just because of the name. That is really cool. So, um, uh yeah i I may be i may be sending you i'll have to i'll have to whittle down a a small list for you scrams because i don't want to bankrupt you then again i could just send you money and bankrupt myself instead
0: um
2: let's see um oh yeah cloverleaf i i got to credit hammy for uh (laughs) it's okay scrams (laughs) the show gets derailed so often anyway it's not a big deal um, but I gotta get credit, Hammy, for suggesting the Culver Relief because uh, he had been there before, so the food was great. Didn't disappoint at all. I really want to go back and try more of the beers, more of the foods. It was so so good. And uh, the beers from Brent, beers from Wet Ass Brent that I am drinking this week from Third Street Brew House. Uh, the one I got open right now is the Rise to the Top Cream Ale, which is. Very, very, very delicious. I haven't had a good cream ale in quite a while, and this one is fucking fantastic. Very, very smooth. So smooth that I'm drinking it faster than I've been drinking on show nights lately. So I may actually go through three beers tonight. Who knows? Mm. Um, and then the other one is Third Street uh, Three-Way Pale Ale. After this week... I believe I have three more to go: two 12-ounce bottles and one bomber. The bomber is Mummy Train, which I may actually uh, hold on to for a little bit longer. Uh, wait until we like really get into September. Um, oh, and I posted this on the Facebook group uh, yesterday. Maybe I don't know. All the days start to blend together after a while. A little bit of user suggestion. T- wait, user? No. <laughs> Listener suggestion time. Wow, I'm fucking stuck. My head stuck in work mode, users. Ugh, fucking losers. I'm going to start homebrewing again once the weather starts cooling down, and I want to try and experiment a bit more. Maybe even get a more advanced setup than the Mr. Beer kit that I currently have. Or I could use the Mr. Beer kit in tandem with another kit, so I could do multiple brews uh, and just, you know, experiment, you know, with both of them. Uh. But I'd like to try and make, and th- this was uh, this was suggested by Marie, to, uh, try and make a official MLR slash ABV brew. So let me know your suggestions on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like I said, I made a post. I think it was yesterday. I know, I think little Matt posted in there. I know Marie posted in there. Uh, maybe some lucky listeners will actually get a bottle of it if it turns out good. I'm hoping, like, if, if I'm doing a more advanced setup, I'm probably finally going to be switching over to glass bottles instead of the plastic Mr. Beer ones. But I'll see what happens with that. It, it, it depends. So, um, and no, to P-Rock, I'm not putting any crushed up Xanax in it. I'm looking for serious suggestions. So just if you have anything that screams more like radio in terms of a brew... You know, and just give me a reason. I don't know. So, uh, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Uh, little news story tidbits and see if I can actually uh, make a full show out of this horse shit. Because uh, I'm fucking tired and, to be honest, I want to go to bed, but I am dedicated to this show. So, Yingling waiting for Dennis to comment with yingling sucks or fuck yingling or something Um, (laughs) Mitch says should make a light beer called the ankle bracelet Uh, Dennis says MLR brew ingredients racism and shame 120% ABV 100% self respect free Uh, okay (laughs) Uh, Mitch continues because if you drink it you'll leave your friend's house and get arrested (laughs) Uh um, speaking of which, um, uh, are, 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 are we gonna possibly hear, um, things, uh, tonight? Because I'm not, I'm not sure, uh, sure what, what, what's, uh, what's going on with, uh, with all that. Anyway, um, uh, okay. Thank you, Dennis Yingling. Sucks follow up. Uh, Yingling beer to arrive in Connecticut, September 22nd. So if you live in Connecticut, uh, this, and you like Yingling, this would be a good thing for you. Um, this is from The Current. Uh, Yingling beer, which went on sale in Massachusetts in March and Rhode Island in June, will finally be widely available in Connecticut in October. Mm.
0: Uh,
2: they had planned to roll out its brand simultaneously in Rhode Island and Connecticut in June, but ended up focusing only on Rhode Island to reach the summer vacation or market. Uh, HDI will distribute Yingling to retailers, restaurants and bars in Hartford, Toland, In Middlesex counties, Yingling will go on sale in bars and restaurants September 22nd. It'll be available in package stores October 6th. Um, Yingling, nation's oldest brewer, blah, 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 blah. Beers were available in Connecticut until 1996 when it withdrew from New England to focus on its core markets. Companies gradually added brewing capacity and moved back into markets it used to serve. There's a very large buzz there. Uh, Rod Stack, Vice President of Sales at Manchester based Hartford Distributors. Now, they go on to say um, they expect it to sell very well. The beer is super popular. Uh, Patty Paul, Manager of MNR Liquors in Manchester. People come back from vacation. They tried it and they ask for it. Okay, it's true. Um, look at what happened in Massachusetts, though. People were clamoring, clamoring for it. And it was selling like crazy within that first week. And then the buzz died. Will that happen in Connecticut? It probably will. I would not be surprised to see Yingling pull back out of Massachusetts if it doesn't get any better. Maybe by the middle of next year. I don't know. I mean, if, if Connecticut works out, then you know, maybe they'll have a reason to, uh, to kind of you know, try and make it work up there uh let's see uh, okay uh there will be a dnr tonight and he's gonna get his asshole ripped apart whether regardless of whether he's there or not i haven't heard either way <laughs> uh i did not say anything about it selling like hot cakes dennis although during that first week i guess it was you know if it was uh well if it was like funnel cake time at ihop then you know you could say it would be selling like uh funnel cakes yeah, MLR Live 3, D said this. MLR Live 3 is going to be an intervention, although who knows, it may be an intervention for more <laughs> more of us. All I can say is I have no DUIs on my record, so just, you know, take that for what it's worth there. Uh, I do not have two DUIs in New Jersey, and I've lived here for 15 years, so I'm doing okay. Uh, Moscow Times, just showing how... Uh, how wonderful these Russians are. Passengers finish beer of man who fell off train. <laughs> Again, from the Moscow Times. Challenging the widespread notion about the inherent goodness of man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no widespread notion of that. Men in general. Well, ma- mankind in general. is a bunch of fuckheads. We know that. Uh, passengers of a suburban train outside Moscow stole the luggage and finished the beer of a man who fell off the train, media reported. Well, at least they led with "stole the luggage" in the article, but uh, apparently the headline it just has to do with the beer. The unlucky passenger was keeping the door of the moving train open to uh, moving car, yeah, train car open to get some fresh air in the unventilated vestibule. The Moskovsky Kommersant tabloid said he eventually dropped out at a turn in the road, leaving behind an unfinished beer, two car bumpers, and a screw gun, which I'm assuming is something like a power drill. Uh, train officials ignored requests to pick up the man's belongings, set the daily said on Friday. This allowed an unnamed male passenger to finish the beer and make away with the bumpers and the power tool before train officials came. I'm not giving it to the driver. He'll just keep it to himself. I'm not like that. I'm giving it to my friends at a car repair, the thief was cited as saying. No information was immediately available on the fate of the unlucky dropout. Deepening the irony, of the incident took place in the notorious alcoholic train running from Moscow to the town of Petushky, 120 kilometers to the east so yeah those Russians will let you fall out of a train and steal your beer and your car bumpers apparently I would like to know why this guy was carrying car bumpers on a train but yeah I don't know Russia's kind of weird um let's see Dennis says I was pulled over once when I could barely see the road and the cop knew I was plastered he let me go here's a question I'm, I'm curious like what well um uh, were you in Jersey when this happened Dennis because uh, if you were, I'm, I'm just curious what town you were in. Because, I don't know, um, if uh, if our favorite guy got uh, pulled over in Caldwell, it's no surprise he got completely fucked. Mm. Oh, okay, Secaucus. Eh, I guess I could maybe see them being a little bit more easy going in Secaucus.
0: Mm.
2: Why the heck do I have all these fucking spiders down here? There was a spider in my bathroom the other day that was... Actually, no, I'm sorry. The other one was uh, on the front door that was just devouring this huge fucking ant. Uh, it was fascinating to watch because I hate those big fucking ants. They bite. Ugh. Uh, I got this from Boozy.com, one of my new favorite sites here. Uh, and I do not just go to check it out for the Boozy Babe of the Week. I actually go to check it out for the news articles. World's most expensive hot dog is soaked in cognac. Why? Why, 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 why? Uh, for $100, you can devour a dragon dog from Vancouver's Dougie Dog. Of course, yeah, of course it's fucking Vancouver. Stupid Canadians. It was declared the world's priciest dog by the Guinness Book of World Records this week. It's a foot-long bratwurst soaked in a $2,000 cognac then topped with Kobe beef. Was it real Kobe beef? Probably not. Uh, fresh lobster, truffle oil, and secret sauce. Uh and of course they have to make a joke in the article. There's also a rule that when you hold it, your pinky has to be out. Ugh. The next highest priced item on their menu: uh, ten dollars twenty five cents. Um, there's actually a little picture of it in the article. I'll post it in the chat. <laughs> well, Dennis says that. Okay, don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The hot dog does sound fucking delicious, but not a hundred dollars delicious. Um, yeah. Um. Uh, ah, I don't even know if I'd drop fifty bucks on it. May maybe thirty. Mm? I mean, cause it's it's a fucking bratwurst soaked in cognac. How, how much how much cognac is it really taking in? You know. Uh. And then again, and you know, the lobster, the, well, the uh the yeah. I guess all that shit just makes it fucking ridiculous. But it it does sound it does sound very very delicious. Um. Man, what the hell is this? Deep-fried booze is what dreams are made of? I didn't see this. Um, Oh, this is another one from Boozy. This was actually from a week ago. I don't know how I missed this. Across the pond, John and Corinne Clarkson run a fish and chip shop called Mr. Eater's Eating Emporium. Bring them a bottle of your favorite liquor. They don't have a liquor license. And they'll throw together a deep-fried hot shot for you. I think this is similar to the process of um, frying Kool-Aid. Actually, no, this is even better. It seems like a rather simple process. Soak some sponge cake in Baileys, apple sours, tequila, uh, Di Serrano, um, uh, vodka, Malibu, Jägermeister, then deep fry said sponge cake. It retains the alcohol and eating each little golden nugget of heaven is equivalent to taking a shot. Huh. He decided to combine alcohol with food so customers could get full and merry at the same time. Yes, and inevitably fat as well. I'll post a picture of these too because deep-fried alcohol sounds delicious. Oh, shit, deep-fried anything. I know um, uh, Mitch said he wants Fat Kev to come back, and uh, Fat Kev could eat an entire pie in one sitting and have no shame about it. Um, To be fair, I could probably eat a whole pie in one sitting now. I'd just have to stop in the middle, take a shit to empty myself out, and then go back to the pie. I know you all absolutely needed to hear that. Uh, so I guess let me get onto news proper here. Uh, this one's from the Washington Post. Has to do with uh, the elements, one of the elements that uh, is jumping into making more and more beers lately. Corn. Getting a new look from brewers and not just as a mere filler. Now, (laughs) corn is, you know, well, corn is a brewing adjunct. It's not your, you know, your standard hops, you know, malt, barley, water. And until recently, it was a no-no along with rice, according to the Brewers Association definition of craft, which excluded brewers like shells and yingling. You know, they called it not traditional. Sorry, throat's fucking dry today. Um... The problem is, Yingling, you know, a brewer like Yingling and a brewer like Shells, they had been using, you know, corn and adjuncts and stuff like that for years. So it was traditional for them. But uh, this article goes on to say how it's slowly starting to become more acceptable. And I think it doesn't hurt that the Brewers Association definition of craft changed to make this more acceptable. And goddamn spider, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you crawl back up there fucker Uh, flying dog brewery in frederick maryland i love flying dog brewery drew inspiration from south of the border for its latest entrance entry into its brew house rarity series of limited releases agave cerveza a mexican style lager in the corona tocati mold but with a little something extra head brewer ben clark incorporated agave nectar near the end of the boil for a honey-like richness and added a dash of lime juice post-fermentation for a tart fruity finish already sounds good to me. Uh, Pour in a frosted glass, add a slice of citrus, you can imagine you're sipping a margarita. If you let the beer warm up, though, you'll detect a sweet, sticky cereal flavor as if you've bitten into a tortilla. That comes from what might might be its most unusual ingredient craft beer-wise, the flaked corn that makes up 30% of the grist. And they go on to say how corn is a barley substitute. Um, It... Has been viewed as a cut rate filler used, you know, by the big beer companies, and that you know, gr- you know, good beer doesn't have you know corn in it or you know, um, but corn. Um, let's say what is uh, corn sugar or dextrose, highly fermentable, used to boost the alcohol of malt liquors, beverages have been implicated in a number of social ills. Um, but corn was not always seen as bad for beer 19th century uh nine, oh, wow i can't even talk tonight 19th century lager brewers who emigrated to america found the barley here to be different from the old world strains they were used to it had six rows of grain on each ear rather than the customary two um it produced a beer with a rougher huskier taste but these brewers in the 19th century if they blended the barley with maize they could make a brew that was paler cleaner smoother on the palate so it um it Anheuser Busch, they use rice for the same purpose, so it it's not it you know it it's not it's not a new idea using corn. Uh, article goes on to say how the earliest craft brewers drew inspiration from the German Reinheitsgebot, um, the German beer purity laws, stipulated only barley malt could be used as a fermentable. Again, you don't don't get a lot of at least American craft brewers that are really adhering to the Reinheitskabot. I know up until... Actually, I think up until recently... Cricket Hill, I think, was big on that. Although now they're starting to branch out with some of their beers that would not fall into that. Um... Let's see. Craft beer was all about bringing more flavor into beer, notes Jim Cook, chairman of Boston Beer. We all looked down our nose at using adjuncts to lighten the beer, but uh, it was never about what's good and bad. It was about who we are and who we aren't. Cook admits to having used dextrose to prime his homebrew when he was learning the ropes, but in his 30 years of professional brewing, he can't recall using corn in any of his recipes. Um, let's see. Twice a year... Uh, Jason Oliver of Devil's Backbone Brewing Brews a Beer called 1949 Heartland Lager for his Roseland, Virginia pub. It's an attempt to duplicate that 1949 average as uh, accurately as possible using flaked corn, rice, wheat, and both corn and cane sugars. He describes it interestingly. Coors fans love this beer, which is funny because it has a bit more hot bitterness than our regular all-malt lager. Um. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Oliver is unapologetic about his choice of ingredients. Belgians use sugar, cane, beet, candy, corn. No one bitches at them. I use ingredients for particular reasons, and nothing is off the table for me. Now, again, craft brewers using the, the, um, the, the corn, the rice, and whatnot. Uh, in fact, I think, uh, I think Flying Fish has a, has a beer that specifically uses rice in its brew. You look at the big beer, though they're using they're using the adjuncts because it's cheaper, more filling, and it's easier to get a I suppose a more consistent product out of it, which is what they want every Budweiser to taste the same. That's that's really what it comes down to with that. Uh, let's see, uh, article mentions how the definition excluded uh, Shell and Yingling. Um, no specific, let's, hear, uh, the, uh, the Brewers Association new definition of traditional merely requires a brewer to have, quote, a majority of its total beverage, alcohol, volume, in beers whose flavor derives from traditional or innovative brewing ingredients. And, you know, traditional is kind of, I don't know, traditional is kind of, yeah, that's a subjective term, but... No specific ingredient is verboten, although the revised definition does not consider flavored malt beverages like 4 Loco to be beer, which is a smart, smart thing. Um, oh, I did not realize. Uh, craft breweries still have to be independent and small, producing fewer than 6 million barrels a year. I did not know about this. Yingling is going to vault over Boston beer as the country's largest craft brewer the next time statistics, statistics are compiled. That, that never dawned on me that Yingling is bigger than Boston beer, but they weren't qualified as craft before. Um, let's see. We wanted to get away from this beer is better than that beer, noting the guidelines to find craft brewer rather than craft beer. It's up to the drinker to decide what a craft beer is and what isn't. Beauty is in the eye of the beer holder. Blah, blah, blah. I hate it when people use that quote. Um, yeah, use, use what you want on your beer. Now I know, uh, get these people doing, you know, fucking whale penis or whatever for, you know, shock value. And, uh, there, there's a list I came across. It was another strange alcohol list that just has some bizarre ingredients that I've never seen before, uh, used in any kind of spirits. So always, always finding new shit on those lists. Um, you know what, while I am on the Washington Post, I think I'll jump into an article that uh, Scrams sent me. Oh, now, Scrams is even saying yingling sucks. Eh, you know, it's a beer. It's better than Budweiser. Uh, this is from the Washington Post, like I said, uh, entitled The Best Beer in Baseball. It has to do with craft beer sales really, 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 really picking up in uh, baseball stadiums. And I, I have not been to a major league, yeah, major league baseball game in Jesus. Okay, to give to give you an idea, the last baseball game I was at was at the old Tiger Stadium in Detroit, and I was young, so I barely even remember it. Um, but uh, the only sporting events I go to these days are hockey games, and craft brews are few and far between in those places. I mean. It's Molson. Um, uh, let's see, Boddington's, Landshark, Of course, you know Budweiser and shit like that. But uh, I think you may occasionally see Goose Island. I Think they had a Goose Island stand, but not much else. And it costs a fucking fortune. But apparently, craft beer is really taking a foothold in the in the baseball stadiums. And I, th- I think part of that might be that these teams also, a lot of them reside in cities where there are good craft brew presence, where there is a good craft brew presence. I are good at grammars and things... Uh, several years ago, craft beer started taking off at Cincinnati's Great American Ballpark. From 2011 to 2012, sales went up by 20%. From 2012 to 2013, they were up 47%. So when it came time to create a new hangout in a highly trafficked spot on the third base concourse, the ballpark went all in on craft-style beers. The new Reds Brewery District, an 84-foot-long bar with more than 50 taps, included more than 20 craft offerings when it opened this spring. I I am completely out of touch with baseball stadiums because I would have been shocked. I mean, there was there was that image that circulated from uh the New Yankee Stadium, their their craft beer destination that had four beers on there none of which were technically craft. <laughs> um uh, more than 20 craft offerings when it opened this spring local beers from Cincinnati brewers That's and that's the big thing the, the local brewers get them in there that's why I I know there are not a lot of breweries especially in um, in North Jersey so I can see why you know at the uh, at the rock where the devils play mm, you're not and, and you're not going to get that partnership plus plus um, Bud Light is a major sponsor of the NHL, so that does not help things either. Um, let's see: uh, Christian Morling, Mad Tree, Blank Slate, Fifty West, Rheingeist, Mount Carmel, uh, and Rivertown. And there were national options from well-regarded breweries like Founders, Bell's, West Sixth, and Great Lakes. Um, counting single days offering, single day offerings, the Cincinnati Red selection of distinct beers went from forty-two to more than 130 the most in Major League Baseball according to a Washington Post analysis craft sales increased even more dramatically by 363% and strangely enough or maybe not I don't know the biggest selling beer at the brewery district is still Bud Light but stadium officials said they found that rather than taking away from existing beer sales craft consumers were actually creating a new category um Not every stadium has embraced diversity in their beers. The uh, Cubs and the Tampa Bay Rays offer fewer than 25 different beers. Apparently, the average Major League Baseball team this season is offering 50 different beers from nearly 25 breweries, and the Orioles and Nationals are slightly above average by several measures. Um, So let's see what we got here. Um... You know, and th- there's um, there's a clickable thing here, so let let me see. Okay, Detroit Tigers, sixth overall, and you know, Michigan. Michigan has some some great breweries in there. The top rated beers there: Two Hundred Ale from Bell's, Founder's Porter, Founder's Red Rye IPA, Founder's Dirty Bastard, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, you know, I, I for for well, I don't know. To, uh, let let's go with well, let's go with Cubs um at wrigley field you got sophie from goose island matilda from goose island green line from goose island guinness and uh 312 urban wheat again goose island i mean that that's pretty damn impressive um let's see and just for for more let's let's see what the other uh other chicago team is serving okay uh daisy cutter pale ale from half acre beer company anti-hero from revolution one of uh, scram's favorites um, or at least the brewer. I don't know about antihero itself. Uh, Daytime from Lagunitas, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Dead Guy Ale from Rogue. Uh, let's let's see, just for shits and giggles here. Then uh, let's see what the New York Yankees have. Oh, thirtieth overall, last in Major League Baseball. Ouch. Uh, top rated beer is available at Yankee Stadium. Honker's Ale from Goose Island, Smithwick's Imported British or Premium Irish Ale. That's from Guinness. Blue Moon Belgian White, not a craft. Uh, batch 19 from Coors, not a craft. 312 Urban Wheat. So basically, if, if you wanted to be a real stickler for it, the five top-rated beers at Yankee Stadium, none of them are craft. I still consider Goose Island craft, my opinion. So you get, you know, let's say two out of the five. Um, but Oof. 30th for the Yankees 30th overall, 30th in locality, 29th in quality, 27th in uniqueness. Oof. Oof. Um let's see the Seattle Mariners are are big with it. Uh the Pacific Northwest uh you know, big with craft brewing over there. Um Jesus Christ, about 70% of Safeco Field seven hundred beer handles. Good God. are devoted to good quality craft beer, according to Steve Dominguez, the general manager of center plates operations at Safeco Field. Sales of craft style products crush those of domestic style mass markets beer, mar- yeah. mass market beers by a ratio of about four to one. Whew. The stadium bought three cask engines this year to allow for cask conditioned ales throughout the stadium. And they offer a hearty list of 22-ounce craft bombers from breweries like Pyramid, Oscar Blues, Noli, Noli, No, Lee, no, Lee? no Lie—I don't know—and Rogue. Next year, the station or stadium plans to introduce recommended beer and food pairings throughout its concession stands. God damn, I gotta start going to baseball games now. Only problem is, uh, I have to go to fucking Yankees games. Or well, you know what? Okay, uh, let, let's see what the, uh, the Mets are right in the middle, 15th overall, um. Francis scanner, Hefeweiss uh, from uh, from Germany. Damn, Bengali Tiger from Six Point, Sweet Action from Six Point, The Crisp from Six Point, and Southern Tier IPA. Nice. Okay, you know, City Field, not that bad. Um, fuck, I'll become a Mets fan for for the beer. <laughs> Why not? Um, let's see. Going into a little bit more about the um, the Seattle beer scene with that. Uh, the most popular breweries that stadiums are offering. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah, De- Dennis says Yankee Stadium beer selection stinks, but that faggot Coletta would be happy. It's mostly Miller Coors Light. <laughs> Sicilian bitch. And those are all things that Dennis said, not me, Joe. Love you, Joe. Uh, most popular breweries in stadiums. Anheuser-Busch, obviously. Uh, 29 out of the, wow. Okay, now that actually that actually impresses me right there. Twenty-nine out of the thirty stadiums offering. So there's one stadium that does not offer Anheuser Busch at all. That's great. Uh, Grupo Modelo, twenty-seven. Coors, twenty-seven. Goose Island, twenty-six. Um, they, it, you know people are still split. I say it's craft, and I think that's really good that it's in that many stadiums. Uh, Stella Artois, Miller, um, Leinenkugel. Kugel. Then you got Boston Beer down with uh, twenty-three stadiums. Guinness in 17. New Belgium in 15. New Belgium in half of the stadiums out there. That's pretty damn cool. Uh, Sierra Nevada in 14. So it's not, not that bad. I mean, in baseball, craft beer has a pretty fucking strong foothold. Um, let see if there's anything. Uh, the season, the Nats and Orioles introduced 16-ounce cans of Flying Dog Snake Dog IPA. The Frederick Brewery makes those cans exclusively for the Nats and Orioles. And hawkers bring them down the aisles. Flying Dog also has a dedicated kiosk at Camden Yards. Uh, Flying Dog VP of Sales, John Stolens, declined to discuss specific sales, but he said the stadiums are now two of the brewery's top accounts. That is pretty damn impressive. Uh, says they're generating, quote, substantial volume. Um. Still, sales of traditional domestic beer swamp those of craft affer offering offerings. Offerings at Nats Park, but the biggest beer promotion by far is the Miller Lite Happy Hour, which runs until first pitch at the scoreboard. Walk, boo. Um, but there does there does seem to be a really great balance. Um, of course, the comments are funny too. 37 post staffers plus 296 freelancers volunteered to do the research for this article. Um. Seeing if ah uh, okay, it, like somebody's saying, he wishes that you know stuff like Pliny the elder, Pliny the younger, could uh, end up in like where the giants or the a's play. Um, rather go to a sports bar outside a stadium and have better selections, prices than the stadium. Then get a dog and lemonade at the stadium. I don't know though; these stadiums seem to have really fucking great. Um, selections and honestly, the prices probably aren't that far off from what you might pay at a bar. I mean, I, I can't say for sure, but um, mm, let's see. My friend and I were able to get sixteen ounce cans of Snake Dog at FedEx. It's not my top ten beers or anything, but it was a welcome oasis in that desert. Also, a relative value at seven point five percent ABV for nine fifty. Okay, a sixteen ounce can for nine fifty. That d- That doesn't surprise me. I think when I bought a a can of um, Boddington's at The Rock, that was at least fucking eight bucks, which is ridiculous. I can get a four-pack of that for 10. Um, But very, very, very cool. Thank you for that article, Scrams. Yeah, Dennis says, that's another reason I love Camden Yards. Good beer selection and great inside the park pubs overall. I, and Oh, I, I I fucking love baseball. The, the last actual baseball game I went to was some random minor league game. Uh, I can't even remember where the hell it was. Uh, they had free tickets for it. We had a suite and everything, so that was that was cool. And I I enjoyed the hell out of it. But aside from that, it, again that that the last baseball game I was at was at Tiger Stadium, way back in the day. Uh, so I don't know ugh, maybe you know if, if, I, if I move down to Florida I don't know do I become a Tampa Bay fan or something eh. um, I mean I, I don't even know what baseball tickets cost these days and I mean I'm, I'm definitely fuck you know fuck going to Yankee Stadium because A not a Yankee fan but B beer selection is shit there I, I'm better off going to City Field and watching the Mets and you know just watching the absolute train wreck of that team but, I don't know, uh, see, now, now I want to go, now I want to go see fucking baseball games, because the beer selection at hockey games is fucking garbage, and I enjoy baseball, I just don't get to catch it as much as I'd like, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, eh, road trip, do some baseball at some point, I don't know, eh, whatever, I'll be back in a bit.
1: Alcohol by Cheers. volume! Kevin oh, Cho! Hey! Today hey. no, we're
0: it's the, name of the show, hey! More like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kinda
2: drunk for this That's shit, nuts! Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume Like the Facebook page facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume And follow along on Twitter at
0: MLR underscore alcohol I find you're drunk in this very unappealing I am drunk or I wouldn't be talking to you Talk radio meltdown. I literally think I got an Instagram. I think I posted one, possibly two photos, and I haven't touched the same so of, of beer. No, actually, uh, one of them was of uh, his I know
1: balls. I- <laughs> it
0: never ends. <laughs> Talk radio meltdown every Friday from four to six p.m. Eastern on MoreLikeRadio.com. Hey smokers, you stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors, ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash MLR Smoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash MLR Smoke. The Conti and Kenny Show. Real quick, Marianne in the chat room was like, Do I know you mudflaps? Never thought I'd ever ask a question like that.
2: <laughs> no, that's me. <laughs> she must have been standing naked over a mirror on the floor.
0: <laughs> Do I know you mudflaps? My gyno does. Open up. Here comes the here comes the uh, the, the, the tongues. It comes the old <laughs> vagina salad, tongues. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Come on, I see a crouton in there.
0: The Conti and Kenny Show, Monday nights, 7 to 10, on morelikeradio.com. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like, uh, city meets the swamp. Something. Something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. (laughs) No, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these, uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> I <if> hope you relapsed. <laughs> burn in hell, bull. Oh, my God. What are you? I meant no. I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I I hope you end your life. (laughs) Now, (laughs) Now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. Mr. Turtle,
2: how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy
0: Kids podcast?
1: I ain't never made it through a whole episode. Ask Mr. Owl.
0: Mr. Owl, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? Let's find out. A one, a two, a three... Three. How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? The world may never know. I said three, motherfucker. The Shy Kids podcast, Saturdays, two p.m. Eastern, eleven a.m. Pacific, at morelikeradio.com. the Shy Kids. See right there. Done. Theme song.
1: You know the way the start of the last episode. We went through uh, different nationalities. You know. And now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where are you going for? Here, well, name-check every country on the show. That way no one can be mad. How about that? I could do Swedish. Oh, yeah. Well, birdie, birdie. <laughs> and to do Italians? papa poopy papa poopy <laughs> Okay the Mexicans. Hey, hey, Amen.
0: <laughs> uh Spain? <laughs> uh
1: Singapore? Oh. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Australians? Cockadel dog. No. You big loop are you? No, that sounds That's like an or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slide off the Irish do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. O.S.W. Review. All Irish, all racist.
0: Saturday's noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend.
1: Ollie? Ollie, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ollie, I'm outside
0: right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring hard out here. Uh...
1: Sounds like it. Where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? <laughs> wait a minute holly i see somebody coming toward me
0: there's a there's a man coming toward me I, I, I hold on a 2nd uh, what are you doing in my yard i'm getting too old for this shit
1: i just want to say that this snowstorm is a bunch of fucking bullshit here. i'm gonna let you go back in the house rorschach because the sound effect is about to run out Hey guys, it's Hollis from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio, Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL48 at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL48. That's D-E-A-L-48 at adamandeve.com.
0: Talk Radio Meltdown presents Chatty Wampus, a side project of Talk Radio Meltdown featuring me, Jack Gill, and Nicole Mossy. Oh, my God! It's an hour of covering topics that we didn't get to during the most recent episode of Talk Radio Meltdown, but with a more focused approach, or at least... That's what we're trying to do. You can hear Chatty Wumpus live on morelikeradio.com every Saturday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts of the show will be available at talkradiomeltdown.com. If you've already subscribed to Talk Radio Meltdown on iTunes, the new episodes of Chatty Wumpus will be posted right there, so you won't need to subscribe to a new feed. Talk Radio Meltdown presents Chatty Wumpus every Saturday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. A tub of light up stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. More like radio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. You all right, dude? You, you seem miserable.
2: More than usual, I mean. <sighs> well, all right, li- listen, I was, I was ad Living on Conan the other night, all right? So I do this riff about drug testing, being cheating, uh, because like, if, if you can't tell I'm high by looking at me, then I win. And I just have this nagging uh, feeling of guilt that that might be somebody else's joke, right? Yeah, man. I'm being paranoid, right? No, you're being a piece of shit. That's a Bobby Mendez bit. God damn it.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, I knew it felt weird, you know? I, I haven't seen that guy in years, but, yeah, like, I don't know what to do about it now. Well, the old road dog just got out of
2: jail. I'm sure he's out there somewhere working the clubs Is you back here in L.A. getting fat dining on his old bits. Jesus, Mark, oh, that's, that's right. bad.
0: That's he bad. He was in jail. I just, oh, my God. Oh, dude, I wouldn't worry about it. I'm sure we we'll won't get back to him. Probably actually writing some new material right now that you can later run, steel, Right? It was an
1: accident, man. <laughs> That's
0: what every joke thief says. Sleep well tonight, sticky fingers.
2: Hour number two of alcohol by volume. Here, hello, hello. Yeah, my mic's on. I know what I'm doing. Uh, Number to call, 862-345-7125. Or you can Skype alcohol by volume. If you are listening live and you're not in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. And if you're not listening live, you're listening via podcast. You can listen live every Tuesday night, or at least most Tuesday nights. I very rarely take them off. Uh, 6 to 8 p.m., Eastern time, the only time zone that really, really matters. So, let's see, what story did I get here? This is from thedailybeast.com, and it had an interesting, uh, interesting title to it, Meet the Beer Bottle Dictator. Apparently, there is one man responsible for approving beer labels for the Tax and Trade Bureau, Kent Battle Martin. And this guy is apparently so douchey, he insists that people actually call him Battle and not Mr. Martin. Ugh. Yeah. So, let's see here if I can find my mouse on the screen. Widely uh, regarded as an eccentric bureaucrat, Kent Battle Martin approves essentially every beer label in the U.S., giving him awesome power ...over a huge industry. For years, one man has approved virtually every beer label design in the United States among brewers. He's a tyrant, a legend, a pedantic, pain in the ass. Brewers and legal experts speak of him in hushed tones, with equal parts irritation and reverence. He's the king of beer, his will is lost, and one lawyer who works with them regularly, the lawyer asked to remain anonymous for fear of crossing the beer specialist. There's one dude in the government who gets to control a multi-billion dollar industry with almost no supervision. And he goes by the name Battle. Uh, Apparently this year, he's uh, single-handedly approved over 29,500 beer labels. The only fact his press handler would provide. Uh, Those who have interacted interacted with him describe him as brusque, eccentric, eccentric, Clenched, He is tensely and formally dressed on all occasions with an encyclopedic memory of beer labels. He is bespeckled and somewhat awkward. Um, the awkwardness, I can understand that because uh, this guy apparently likes to reject labels. Um, let's see. Uh, the system... Okay, uh, this is the almost every brewery over certain size has a story about Battle Martin's unforgiving penchant for denying beer labels even when it goes against common sense. Battle Martin is really on it and very, very thorough, said Dan Shelton, who runs a beer importing business called Shelton Brothers, stressing that he liked Battle personally, but the system that Battle represents is a constant thorn in their side. It gets a little perverted sometimes in that it goes too far when he's looking to see if there's any possible way for the label to mislead. It's resulting in some perfectly good labels being rejected." Now, there are some good examples here, Uh, several good examples here. Uh, He's rejected a beer label for the King of Hearts, which had a playing card image on it, and he rejected it because the heart implied the beer would have a health benefit. Yeah. Uh, He rejected a beer label featuring a painting called The Conversion of Paula by St. Jerome, because its name, St. Paula's Liquid Wisdom, contained a medical claim that the beer would grant wisdom. Are we living in the fucking 1800s again with this bullshit? He rejected a beer called Pickled Santa, because Santa's eyes were, quote, too googly on the label, and labels cannot advertise the physical effects of alcohol. A less googly-eyed Santa was later approved. This next one is just idiotic. He rejected a beer called Bad Elf because it featured a, quote, elf warning suggesting that elves not operate toy-making machinery while drinking the ale. That sounds, you know, funny for a, you know, a, a holiday beer, right? I mean, well, the label was not approved on the grounds that the warning was confusing to consumers. What? Do do you think that only fucking retards are drinking this beer? Who the hell would that be confusing to? Maybe the idiots that call 911 when McDonald's fucks up their burger. Maybe that's about it. Don't fuck the system just because of a few idiots. He rejected a Danish beer label that featured a hamburger, which was turned down because the image implied there was a meat additive in the beer. Well, shit, why not reject any beer label that has a person on it might imply that there's human flesh in the beer? Fucking Morons. He rejected a beer that was marketed as an India dark ale, a takeoff on the IPA. Why did he reject it? Because according to him, it implied the beer was made in India, even though the label had aligned with the words product of Denmark. Again, any idiot is gonna know an india dark ale oh is that like a india pale ale except it's dark there you go i wouldn't think of a single person that would think oh is that from india yeah i can count a potato you know basically about that speed there um he rejected an adnams broadside beer which touted itself as a heartwarming ale because this supposedly involved a medical claim. <sighs> God damn it. Um, oh, i am seeing the chat here. Roy Black on crack says, The Dutch Alcohol Prevention Organization once filed a claim against a 10% ABV beer because the number was too large and it's illegal to market your beer by its high ABV percentage. Oh. Well, it's good to see that uh, Europe still has some stupid shit going on over there, too. Well, th- Fuck! What what was it? There there was um, <laughs> Roy Black on Craig makes an excellent point. Like someone would buy a beer just because it's from India. No, that would make me not buy the beer. <laughs> <laughs> You're know, like, oh yes, we brewed it in the water of the Ganges, so you can really taste the dead bodies and the feces. It adds chunks. That one was for you, Dennis. Um, but it, I, I saw another article on Reddit. Um, fuck! Earlier today, it was. You know, maybe it's still top it, w- it was one of the top uh, might have gotten bumped down it was like in um. fuck some uh, one of the one of the fucking Norwegian countries I want to see if I remember this correctly um uh, eh maybe not um uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, it was something like they rejected the name of someone's daughter because it wasn't on the approved list of like 3,500 names in the country. And it wasn't like it was some weird name like, you know, Deshonda or, you know... uh uh you know le brian michael or something like that no 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 you know nothing with nothing with an apostrophe in it i think it was something mundane like maureen very odd i don't know so i guess europeans can be well uh wait uh yeah sorry there's one norwegian country i'm a fucking idiot uh, i meant scandinavian not or norwegian right black on crack catches me again uh hello marianne she just got back from the water park and Ray Black on Crack says, you went to the Budweiser Brewery? Ooh, <laughs> very nice. Mm. See, I, I, su- I suck when it comes to Europe. I meant Scandinavian, I think, because I know Norwegian means Norway. <sighs> and Scandinavian is like, was it? it's Sweden, Finland. I think Norway fits into that, doesn't it? I don't know. Not European. I'm a stupid American, so what can I tell you? Um, Let's see. Uh, Brewer Vaughn Dillman, who lives in Weed, California, and served as a cop for eight years, says he bumped up against Battle for trying to market a beer after his hometown name. Try Legal Weed, the cap of the beer bottle reads. A friend in Weed is a friend indeed. Uh, Okay, I can kind of understand, you know, why that may have been rejected. But um, reaching the federal official by phone, Dillman called him Mr. Martin, a big mistake. Battle's predilection for being particular apparently extended from beer applications to his name. You want to be addressed as Battle, a confused Dillman replied, recounting the story. Can you imagine addressing a senior inspector from the Department of Treasury and you have to call him Battle? The tussle over the bottle cap's approval eventually sucked in California senators and congressmen. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it, involving senators and congressmen over something like this. Nice waste of resources, assholes. Uh, and the ACLU, before it was eventually resolved, the cap stayed only because it referenced Civil War-era state lawma- California state lawmaker Abner Weed, the namesake of the town. Uh... Yeah, so there there is there is one guy that is responsible for and, and and it is a dictatorship when it comes to it. There's one guy that's responsible for the beer labels being approved. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm looking through the comments here. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. People trying to say the Daily Beast is a left wing extremist website. Um, <laughs> left wing extremists, not likely. Go to visit Daily Coast or Talking Points memos for uh, far left websites. You're obviously so far right, you can't see what the middle looks like. Um, mm, yeah, for something inherently subjective, it makes sense if possible to have the same person making all the judgments more consistent that way. Consistently bullshit, but at least consistent. Um, mm, Okay, let's see. Okay, this guy says he's been submitting labels to battle for more than 20 years now, and not only does he provide a valuable and essential service to both the public and the brewing industry, he does so with considerable grace and good humor. Implementing regulations is an inexact science, almost certain to displease everyone involved at one point or another. Most often, battle is acted to help us expedite the process rather than slow it down. I've never yet had the pleasure of meeting him in person, but I've owed him a beer for some years now and look forward to paying it off someday.
1: <sighs>
2: so, eh, I guess some of them some of them don't mind him. Um, somebody else is saying he's just following the rules, certain images, words, etc., cetera, meaning on labels, and he doesn't have the luxury of overlooking a rule because people are stupid and get confused easily. That is true. Maybe I'm just really underestimating the stupidity of the average American. Um, and this is another guy that he's saying that battle has been easy to work with and clear about what needs to be done. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I had the wrong uh, wrong idea of this guy, although he's still a douche if he's being called battle. Come on, call yourself Kent. You know, Kent's a fine name. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> right now I am. Uh, I opened up the uh, three-way pale ale from Bent, and it is delicious. Yeah, 3rd Street Brewhouse. Uh, apparently does some damn good stuff. Mm. Mm. Okay, what do I got next here? Uh, well, eh, I warned you. you know, getting into the Reddit threads, getting into lists and stuff. I'll try and make it as entertaining as possible and push myself up to 8 o'clock because you guys deserve a full show. I shouldn't just bail. So, um, Got this from the Beer Subreddit. And it was a discussion regarding beer ratings uh, submitted by the uh, Redditor, The Elbow. Mm -hmm. He said, I was having a conversation with some friends last week about beer. When someone asked me, how was it? I replied, I'd give it four bottle caps. Now, I meant this half seriously, at least saying the bottle caps part. But I realized that I think in terms of untapped ratings. Yet I feel like beer advocate ratings are taken very seriously, probably more seriously than untapped. After all, over at Beer It Forward, uh, it's another beer subreddit, I guess, uh, often requirements are placed on beers like, must be, oh, okay, it must be uh, 85 plus on Beer Advocate, so clearly the gold standard for beer ratings is Beer Advocate, but should it be? I know, for example, that I'd much rather use On Tap to rate beers. I find it very convenient, especially since I've been using the app since before Beer Advocate came out with their app. Now, i bet it's the same amount of effort either way. What do you all think? What's a better source of an average rank for a beer, beer advocate or untapped or rate beer? Wish I had data on active user bases for all three services and how many users rate beer at least say once per week. Now I do not necessarily rely on untapped for their, the beer rating. Um, I will rate my beers, but usually I, I don't pay that much mind to the overall rating of a beer on there. Um, First of all, you know it. it I I five's not a bad number. I mean, on the the um the ABV beer uh beer list that I got tinyurl dot slash ABV beer tasting list is it? I know I got it written down here somewhere. God damn it. Uh yeah, uh, tinyurl.com dot slash ABV beer tasting. I actually did add a bunch of shit out of there. Um. But um. You know, and there it's a scale of one to five. Um, at least the difference with that one is you could do, you know, 2.2, you know, 3.7 on untapped. It's all, you know, singles or halves. Whereas you look at rate beer and you look at beer advocate and you're, you're looking on a scale of a hundred. Now, of course you're going to end up with, you know, the, the big old white whales and stuff on beer advocate are always going to be the highest rated ones applying the elder and stuff like that so that that becomes a little bit tough there um, the um, the top comment on here right now from redditor takes john to know one okay why not take an average of all three sites that's what i do beer review sites have limited use but they're pretty good at giving a general consensus on whether or not a beer is good the top lists are also useful but at this point in time there should really be more filters to break down beers by region. Yes, yes, yes. I've gotten completely sick of the top lists only because the top shit is always the fucking white whales. It's always Pliny. It's always heady topper and stuff like that. it's stuff. I'm never going to see, especially not see locally. Uh, Consider limitations to beer reviews though. Not everyone's an expert. People are encouraged to compare across styles. Um, people actually rate beer based off two ounce samples. Uh, many people will rate a beer after only drinking it one time. Yeah, I will admit um, you know, I, I do that on Um uh, Not on Beer Advocate or Rate Beer, though. Uh, that, you know, if, if I go through a six-pack, that'll tell me a little bit more. There's a huge experience bias. Your first IPA might blow you away and you might give it high marks, but if you revisit that beer 10 years later, you might find it underwhelming. Happened to me with Sam Smith's organic chocolate. Uh, it, I find it, it does not, I don't enjoy the taste anymore, and I used to love it. Uh, In a similar vein, is the above point times change. Classics get dethroned. Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale and Old Rasputin are no longer the big dicks in the orgy, but are they bad? Does it make sense to compare Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale to zombie dust? There are regional and hype biases. Like I said, the hype biases. That is what fucking kills me on those sites. Um, Incongruence regarding review standards. Do people actually hold a beer's appearance against it? Um... Let's see. Tickers will rate whatever, even if they hate it. I sure hate rock beers, but this one is okay. Two point four three out of five. So, honestly, if if you know, if I run into a beer that I can't stand, but I understand that other people may appreciate it, I'm not gonna rate it on a site like Beer Advocate because it's it's not it's not helpful. It's not helpful in that respect. If it's a genuinely bad beer, where it's like. Okay, this is just, this is disgusting. There is no redeeming value in this whatsoever. Okay, that makes sense. Um, He goes on to say, I mean, honestly, it's a fucking miracle. The aggregate score usually means something on sites like Rate Beer and Beer Advocate. Um, Let's see. uh, Yeah, uh, it like understood in statistics, the larger sample size you have, the easier it is to generalize whatever you find. So Sierra Nevada's pale ale may have 700 view reviews, which gives it score. A lot of quote power one off Pipeworks brew that has one review and four ratings on beer advocate. Well, that beer has very little power as far as it's rating go right. Ra- yeah. Rating goes. So it might be the best fucking beer in the world, but you wouldn't know or be able to know due to limitations with the way the rating system works. Um, Really, the the way I do it on the sites, I will I'll, I'll check Beer Advocate to to see, you know, generally what people think of it. Um, I mean, th- there have been okay. For instance, the uh, Reunion Ale thirteen versus Reunion Ale twelve. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was on there. It might have been on Rate Beer that I saw a higher rating, but but one of them was rated like you know nine points higher than the other. Like okay, this one's rated higher. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, this one may actually be even better than the 13. Uh, one thing that Rate Beer does, though, that is really cool that Beer Advocate kind of missed out on, and let me uh, let me open up Rate Beer here, and let me just punch in um, Freeway Pale Ale here just to get an example here of the one I'm drinking. Uh, hopefully it doesn't make me log in. Uh, third three, Way Pale Ale. They do two different ratings on here. Um, and I eh, I'm trying to think of how these are like the numbers are weighted here. Overall, it gives it a 41, I believe, out of a hundred. That, eh, but honestly, if you look at it in the um in the ratings that the reviewers give, it's a one to five rating. So I think they're basically translating that like I don't know. But it says overall 41. For the style, it says 27. Um, Overall, though, the reviews on this one seem relatively favorable. Um, They're on the more favorable side of average, which is fine. Um, Let's see. Highest score, 3.8. Let me look up something else, like um, uh, Goose Island Bourbon. Let's see if this gives me a better idea of the... uh, of the rating here oh god damn it there's too many of these okay it, uh, this gives you an idea here okay goose island bourbon county stout obviously top rated everywhere top rated fucking everywhere and it's really good uh overall rating 100 in terms of its style it's hundred too. so basically these two ratings it's saying how is it as a beer in the style terms they're saying how is it compared to others of its style? So you you could easily end up with a style rating that's higher than the overall rating. It would make sense in that respect. Um, I figure I'm losing everybody in the chat room by rambling, but whatever. I apparently like the sound of my own voice. Somebody else on Reddit said, I generally find the untapped score to be pretty accurate to my taste. Once you account for the whales, the ABV, and style factors... Uh, agreed, whales and hyped beers get automatically voted higher. That said that could happen on any platform, that someone isn't diligently describing taste, smell, mouthfeel, etc. Mm. Um, let's see if there was anything else here. Mm. Yeah, it really, there's you know, it's subject to the whims of the user bases. Uh, beer advocate tends to overrate things from the Midwest and East Coast. Rape beer has a weird fetish for Alesmith, Speedway Stout, among others. Um. <laughs> untapped is practically useless because every beer that isn't mind-blowingly good or absolutely terrible will end up at around 3.6 out of 5, so there's no nuance. That is true. Most stuff that I drink on there is like a 3.5 or a 4, honestly. And it, that, that there is no nuance there. It doesn't really help me. Um, I gotta start using rape beer more, more often, honestly. I mean, I have it on my phone, so why not? Um, but... And it made me think about made me think about the rating systems on these uh on these sites. Okay, yeah, Marianne's still listening. <sighs> so I know, sometimes I just I just ramble. Told I, I, I told you guys it, it it's it's just one of those fucking nights. I'm fucking exhausted and yeah. Um Got this from firstwefeast.com. I warned you, warned you that I will be getting into lists. But I can't help it. I gotta do it. Um, 15 things craft beer fans say, but, or think, but nobody says,
1: Uh,
0: excuse me.
2: Um, and, and some of these are things I've brought up before. First one on here, your favorite local beer might be contract brewed three states away. Now, some of these I did not know. Um, they say, uh, Brooklyn brewery outsources many of its core beers to upstate New York. I think I knew about that. San Francisco's 21st Amendment brews and cans its ales in Minnesota. That I didn't know. And they're saying there's nothing wrong with contract brewing. It's a way for breweries both new and established to meet consumer demand. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're basically... Uh, um, well, this is probably a horrible example, but imagine if there was one Domino's Pizza location and they, uh, they, they had to deliver to everybody. Not really a feasible idea there. So you, you know, you you franchise and contract out to other locations. So then you know can distribute them from there and stuff like that. Um, and the thing says there's a stigma surrounding contract brewing due to the us versus them divide between craft brewers and big boys such as Miller Coors and Anheuser Busch InBev. Um, and yeah, I mean, contract brewing does kind of have a bad, bad rap to it. But honestly, I, I think it, just, it, it helps distribution. It keeps costs down. Um, so, it, it, and it, People think it's a bad thing. It, it's not particularly. Um, beer geeks spend all their time hunting white whales instead of drinking beer in their backyards. I, I think I wrote, raised this point last week about not having no desire to stand in line waiting for hours for a beer that I may not even get. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Disproportionately, the breathless coverage centers on white whales, the rare brews that crown rating websites such as Beer Advocate and Rate Beer. Um, and they're saying it's pretty much the same point I mentioned last week. I can't get Hetty Topper, and I realize that, but I can easily get Ballast Point Sculpin, and that will be just fine for me. There are so many other great beers out there either nationally distributed or locally brewed for you guys you know right in your backyard that w- why worry about the white whales most of the time if you can happen upon them well good for you that's cool but there's so much out there that you know, why why concentrate solely on the white whales and there are some people that do that they that for some reason it's practically all they want to drink um Let's see, craft brewers starting to use competitive big beer tactics. Stone is is one that's uh, Stone is one that's you know doing it. So or actually, wait, no, Stone's on um What is it saying here? Uh craft brewers will never have the immense marketing budgets of Bud, Miller, and Coors. It's clear some of the larger ones have started to take pages in their playbook. Accusations of pay for play, essentially a payout in cash or trade for a brewery to get their beer on t- is on tap at a bar replaced prominently in a package store, have surfaced in the craft beer industry. Uh, okay, Stone's Greg Cook called out fellow brewers earlier this month. Uh, at a talk this month, Chicago distributor acknowledged that pay-to-play is alive and well in that city and will be until craft beer achieves a big enough market share to compete on an equal playing field with big beer. So that is kind of interesting. I, I didn't realize that, that uh, craft brewers were were uh, kind of sinking to that level. I, I, don't, I don't particularly like that. And honestly, I thought... Those kind of shenanigans were illegal, but eh, whatever. Um, I've, I've gone over this. The Brewers Association definition of craft beer is arbitrary and inaccurate. I, inaccurate. I've, I've gone through that before. This I kind of disagree with a bit. Um, most beer festivals are merely an excuse to get drunk. Um, now, it says here, they're a great way to spend the afternoon with friends sampling unusual ales and lagers and educating our palates on a constellation of craft beer flavors, or at least that's supposed to be the point in reality. Beer festivals are an overpriced, all you can drink buffet for getting blotto. I'll contest that the last festival I was at with, uh, with Dennis, they had, um, uh, God damn it. I'm, I'm completely forgetting the, um, the name of the brewer that, uh, Dennis was going after. Um, was it was it Westmorelin I think that shit's expensive and you could just keep going up to that booth again and again and the money you paid for admission you'd make it back right there I mean
0: easily easily
2: that to be said you know a lot of festivals you know you pay you know 30 40 50 bucks for them okay yeah you're not you're not drinking you know 50 bucks worth of beer but maybe you're getting to taste stuff you wouldn't otherwise see normally i mean i at the big brew beer fest last year i got to have cartons regular coffee and now i'm fucking in love with that brewery and want to get that beer again someday um and and it's an experience too it's generally a fun experience i don't think it's necessarily about going out and getting hammered yeah you know you're gonna get buzzed you're probably gonna get drunk but it's an experience it's a fun time you're surrounded by other beer lovers that are exploring the same shit that you are. It's a really, really cool thing. If you've never been to a festival, you should go. They're awesome. And um, as of right now, I believe Dennis and I are planning on going to um, the next big brew beer fest in uh, Morristown. When is that? Next? No, is that October, I think I said? Yeah, October, I think I said. Um,. Let's see. Um, oh, Marianne said she's never been to a festival. Oh, oh yeah, she used to work weekends. Yeah, it, find find yourself find yourself a festival, Marianne. Um, to be honest, you shouldn't have to pay. I'd say more than fifty for an even halfway decent festival. Um, some of the some of the smaller festivals where you know you don't have as big a selection, but you can probably get tickets for 30 or 40. And sometimes those are a little bit nicer because it's, I wouldn't say more intimate, but it's not, it's not the huge hustle and bustle that some of the bigger ones are. Um, they'll have awesome food vendors there with, you know, beer infused foods and stuff like that. it It's a good time. You got, you definitely, definitely got to try one out. So, oh, okay, that's it. Go to the big one in Boston, Marianne. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And then uh, report back because I will be jealous because I would want to go to that one too. Um, but yeah, festivals. Festivals are fucking awesome. I personally don't think they're just an excuse to get drunk. If I just want to get drunk, I'm going to stay at home and get drunk so I don't even have to worry about driving. Um, well, this kind of goes into the uh, the last topic. Beer rating sites create a dangerous herd mentality. Um Let's see, the, the like-minded portion getting out of control. User-generated scores and commentary below each beer and beer advocate are nothing more than nerdier, more niche Yelp reviews. They can certainly be helpful when you're trying to get a sense of what a beer might taste like and whether it's worth your effort to seek out, but the herd mentality can be dangerous. Look at the top rated of beers on the site. Of the first 20 on the list, 13 weigh in at 10% ABV or over. Uh, on rate be- <laughs> Last year on Rate Beer, Hill Farmstead had 8 of the top 10 new beers of the year. So, I mean, it, it, I don't know. Herd mentality is very odd with it. Like, to give you an idea, the the screen cap they have here of Beer Advocates, top 250 beers, the top eight here, Hedy Topper, Pliny the Younger, Pliny the Elder, Founders CBS Imperial Stout, Founders KBS, um, Zombie Dust, Trappist uh, Westville, and Bourbon County Brown Coffee Stout from Goose Island. So, no real surprises there. Um And, you know, not particularly easy for everybody to get a hold of either. So, um, so mileage may vary with the, um, the beer rating sites. Um, when is the festival, Marianne? Let me know. Yes, pretzel necklaces. I know people, like some sites say, uh, pretzel necklaces are for nerds. No, 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 no. They cleanse the palate in between beers and they keep you from getting too fucking far off your rocker. So, um. Let me know when that festival is, Marianne. I'm, I'm curious about that now. Uh, another one here. Craft brewers are copycats. And, yeah, that's true. Um, look at everybody, you know, going with the IPA trend. Um, th- this year, it's been the chocolate peanut butter porter that everybody... Well, not everybody, but a lot of people have been making. Um, let's see. you know, barrel age stouts have become a cliche. They're still good, but um session ipas this summer are huge i mean they will follow the trends because they'll sell um and then beer style categories particularly ipa mean nothing in today's craft beer market um yeah an ipa no two ipas are equal at this point Um, rye IPAs, black IPAs, white IPAs. I mean, the the white IPA I had from Evil Genius, if you had given that to me, not told me it was an IPA, I would have had no idea it was an IPA. Um, the, the, the styles are blurring. The styles are very much blurring. Um, (laughs) the New York Times needs to hire a beer critic like five years ago. They don't have a beer critic. Oy. That's kind of sad. Um... And this is an interesting one. By and large, brewers are all white. I believe what was it? Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn Brewery brewmaster Garrett Oliver. He's really the only like black brewmaster that I can think of. It is kind of interesting in that respect. Um, does it come across as kind of a good old boys club? Maybe I don't know. I mean, you you also, I mean. I think you find more women in a brewery than you do black guys, and I'm not quite sure why that is. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it has to do with some of the locations that these places are starting up in. Uh, maybe it is kind of like a you know good old boys thing. When it, you know somebody starts up a brewery, they grab their friends, and you know. Like it or not, with integration, I mean we still tend to kind of, you know, hang with our own, as it were. So, not trying to be racist or anything. Craft beer drinkers are luscious, and <sighs> that's not necessarily true. Um, let's see. Uh, common sense dictates if you want to get lit fast, take a shot or drink of the cocktail. But with high alcohol beer is more popular than ever with the beer drinking public. It's not clear that all drinkers understand that a single fifteen percent ABV imperial stout. Or two pound, two pints of seven percent IPA are equivalent to four bottles of Bud Light. <sighs> Rookie drinkers may not understand it. Uh, seasoned drinkers, I think they're going to get that. Um, it, for instance, if I open a bomber that is, you know, fifteen percent, you know what? I am probably not chasing it with two more bottles of, you know, something that's six or seven percent because I'll just be completely lit by the end. I am not stupid when it comes to that. Um but I don't know they're implying that uh craft brewers are uh the American craft brew community is too arrogant about its place in the world beer scene. Mm that could be debatable though because the way Stone is expanding into Berlin, I think that could create a rise of craft breweries in Germany um kind of piggybacking off of off of Stone. I think I, I think expanding like that helps. Um i'm always thinking about craft brews outside of the u.s the problem is they just don't import that well we don't see a lot of them um but uh, the angry arrogant american you know whatever uh a lot of brewers make way too many beers they go into the the peanut butter beers here and stuff like that um Uh, it's not uncommon to see a new upstart hit the market with an Imperial IPA, a Saison, a Black IPA, a Spiced Weight Beer, a Ghost, and a handful of other styles. Can they really all be expected to taste good? To be fair, there are a lot of startups out there that I've seen that they'll start with maybe three, four brews tops. You'll end up with an IPA. You'll end up with a lager. You may end up with a stout. And then something like maybe a Hefeweizen or something like that. Startups I, I I couldn't see a startup going with an Imperial IPA, a Saison, a black IPA. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. They're not jumping out there like that. Um I mean article seems a little bit off the mark with that. But interesting to interesting to discuss nonetheless. Um Hmm. African-American IPAs. God damn it. Let's see here. Uh, uh, Extreme Beer Fest. Ooh. Oh, shit. And that's not until next year. Oh, hell yeah. That gives me a lot of time to plan on that. Shit. I'm bookmarking this, fucker. Uh, if I can make plans for that, Marianne, I am fucking going. Um, let me look at my calendar. I don't think I have anything booked in March. Do I? Uh, No, I don't. And let me look at my email inbox because I only remember that there was somebody that... uh, Oh, son of a... Okay, what's the date on this again? Oh, okay. (laughs) I actually, uh, I may have a shoot on March 28th, but uh, that's the weekend after. So, I, I'm i totally game for that Marianne I have no problem with that um just remind me cause I, I will fucking forget cause I'm fucking stupid um what the hell am I doing uh, I only got like 13 minutes left so I'll hold on, I'll hold on to a few of the lists for for, for next week and uh see if um uh, see if I run out of material then and see what happens see I ram- I ramble enough to actually uh, to make it uh, to make it hold on here so let's see if I can ramble Ugh, another fucking 13 minutes and drink the rest of my beer here mm. one of these new releases I may have talked about last week I can't remember I don't think I did though but I could be wrong um, this is from Avery Brewing this is actually a rather interesting one it's the highest gravity beer in their history <laughs> oh yeah i'll remind you to remind me marianne i have it in my bookmark so you know, if anything i'll be like wait what the hell is that link oh yeah shit um okay this is from avery brewing it's five monks bourbon barrel age belgian quintuple They named five monks a quintuple in jest, but they're not fucking around with the ABV on this one. It's 19, and ignore the the label that I posted in the chat there. It's actually 19.4%. Good Lord. This one is now available exclusively at the Avery Tap Room in Boulder, Colorado. So if you are out that way, uh, try that out. Uh, Don't do it on an empty stomach, I would say. Ooh. Uh, Another one out of uh, Colorado. And, uh, well, coincidentally, it's Boulder Beer. Dragonhosen Imperial Oktoberfest. I don't recall seeing... um, Oh, excuse me. Jesus Christ. A whole lot of Imperial Oktoberfests out there. So, uh, I know that I get a bunch of different Boulder Beer stuff out here. So, this is one I might try. I just like the label, too. It's got a dragon on it. So, why not? Uh, Returns for its second year. It begins as a traditional Oktoberfest lager, but gets stronger, clocking in at 9% ABV. It's going to be available in most of Boulder Beer's markets in 22 on bottles and on Draft. Uh, this is one I was going to mention last week and just kind of ran out of time, but it's still uh, still a timely thing here. This is uh, Blue Moon Cinnamon Horchata Ale heading to variety packs nationwide. It's crafted with cinnamon, Belgian dark candy sugar, and long-grain rice. See, there's the rice. Uh, Inspired by the popular Latin American drink known as horchata. A limited supply is going to be available in six packs. uh, I believe they shipped last week in select cities in Texas, California, New York, and Colorado. Otherwise, it's going to be available in a new variety pack from Blue Moon now yeah blue moon not craft not craft but the buzz on this one is that it's actually really quite good and a big brewing success for blue moon i've had some pretty decent stuff in their variety packs i'm not a big fan of like regular blue moon uh uh, belgian white it's okay Nothing, nothing flashy to me. It's there, like they had a uh, like a caramel apple spice brew one year in the autumn pack. Um, that one I thought was really good. This one I'm I'm very much looking forward to finding. Um, even Kitty thinks it's a good idea there. Um, this kind of uh, harkens back to a style I was talking about last week, and this is from Hoppen Frog. It's King Goes Home. Imperial Ghost Ale. Uh, post image for this one. Yeah, Marianne. They had, they had a caramel apple spice last year from Blue Moon. I don't know if they're gonna do it again this year. I it'd be nice if it comes out in the autumn pack. It it wasn't too overbearing, but it, it had had a nice balance to it. Um, it, another I thought a success from Blue Moon personally. Um, so Hop and Frog King Ghost Home Imperial Ghost Ale. I have been looking for a ghost. I was looking one for one multiple places on Friday and did not find a one. Um, I think the only one that I would have available out here regularly is uh, the one from uh, Anderson Valley, <laughs> and I couldn't find anything from them. But with any luck, this will be the first one I get to try, if I do see it. I see Oppenfrog Frog out here from time to time. So, uh. 22 ounce bottles, 6% ABV, and a very mild 9 IBUs. Uh, Next we got from uh, Terrapin. Speaking of Terrapin, I know uh, Scrams got to try uh, Terrapin Maggie's Peach Farmhouse Ale, which is, uh, sorry, Marianne, sorry about the yawning. I know it's contagious. I made everybody yawn. God damn it. Uh, Scrams got to try the, the Maggie's Peach from Terrapin, and I believe he enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's not particularly my favorite peach beer but it is really quite good but this one from Terrapin is the Imperial Pumpkin Pie Porter I have a feeling I'm not going to see this one because it's part of their reserve series and I never fucking see their reserve bottles this is the third release in the reserve series it follows the White Chocolate Moo which I really wanted to try, never found and the Cinnamon Rolled Wake and Bake again, I don't think I ever found that it's got a unique label and a wax sealed bottleneck it's a limited release, 22-ounce bottles, 9.2% ABV, and it is starting to ship to distributors this week. So uh, if you get that in your market, uh, pick up a bottle for me because I would really like to try that. Terrapin does good shit. What can I say? Uh, two Roads Brewing. Uh, I'm trying to remember where these guys are out. Oh, St- uh, Stratford, Connecticut. Yep. I do not get them down here kind of wish i did just because i love the label on this one two roads roads mary's baby Yeah, it's a play on rosemary's baby it has a baby carriage that uh the the canopy on it kind of looks like a jack-o'-lantern very very nicely done it's a rum barrel aged pumpkin ale with vanilla beans spices and vanilla extract added shipping this week to the connecticut rhode island massachusetts and new york metro area 12-ounce bottles, 6.8% ABV. Uh, and then the last one I got here. You see, Marianne liked the name and the label, too. I, I love the creativity of some of these labels. I mean, not every beer has to have a great label to it. But when when they have... And this is a, it's a very simple design, too. But... And, and like even see like the movie rating on rated R for rum barrels, from somewhere between heaven and ale comes a scary good seasonal. So, oh thank you, Marianne. She said she'd get me some if she finds it. I would appreciate that. And again, if there you know if there's a, any other stuff you're looking for down here, I I can just keep loading up a box. I have no problem with that. <laughs> I love 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 sharing the beer. Uh, last one here it's another variety pack Um, I still have not gotten a call about my Sierra Nevada beer camp so I'm hoping I have not been forgotten from uh, uh, liquor factory in Sparta New Jersey if any guys from there are listening I really want my uh, beer camp pack this is another Sierra Nevada pack this is the fall pack this includes Oktoberfest Vienna Lager Pale Ale and Tumblr and Tumblr, I actually thought that had been discontinued last year. In fact, I remember, um, I think I got a growler of it, and the guy said that that uh, Sierra Nevada was discontinuing it. But apparently, it's been brought back by popular demand, and good thing because it's really quite good. So uh, look for that Sierra Nevada Fall Pack, and then one, one last, uh, one last reveal here, because this one uh, encompasses a release. Uh, beginning this month and finishing up in uh, july 2015 it's from bells brewing it's the planets series it's inspired by gustav holst's seven movement orchestral suite the planets released in the order of the piece mars to neptune like i said release begins this month and then finishes up way forward in july 2015 So the first one is Mars, the bringer of war. It's a 10.1% ABV, double IPA. That one's coming out this month. In October, Venus, the bringer of peace, a blonde ale with honey, apricot, cardamom, and vanilla. In December, Mercury, the winged messenger. It's a Belgian single. In February, Jupiter, the bringer of jollity, a malt forward brown ale. April, you get Saturn, the bringer of old age, a bourbon barrel aged barley wine. In May, Uranus the Magician, Double Black IPA. And finally, the last release of the series in July, Neptune the Mystic. It is described as a mystical stout. Uh-huh. And um well shit, that's that's it for the week. Um anybody Yes, <laughs> why so racist? Jupiter Uh, I'm not Royce. Come on. I I can still say it. Um, If there's a local beer you think I should try, drop me an email at Kevin at MoreLikeRadio.com. See if we can try and work out some sort of beer trade. and Buy my shirt. There's six days left. Please. Booster.com slash alcohol by volume. The ABV beer tasting list. I have been um, adding entries for a lot of the stuff like that I got from Scrams, uh, from Brent, and adding in the reviews as I go. Uh thank you, Mitch. You suck too. ABV or I'm sorry ten uh, year old.com slash ABV beer tasting. Check out the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the ABV Facebook page. Facebook.com slash M L R Alcohol by Volume. Follow me on Twitter at M L R underscore Alcohol or at E D-I-C-I-U-S. Look me on up untapped. Alcohol by volume. All one word. Coming up next, my time now. Replay. Uh, followed by Royce and, um, maybe Dutch. Don't know yet. Dutch with a distended butthole, perhaps. Don't know. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining along in the chat room, everybody.